This is the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'll be joined shortly by Manny and Matt. Uh, But before we do that, I want to give a special thanks to everyone who listened to our Northwest Division breakdowns with the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Thunder, Blazers, and Jazz. Uh, If you haven't gotten to listen to those, uh, make sure you check those out. Got special guests like Adam, Matt, and Emmanuel joining a couple of those episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and our TikTok, at Shots Aside. And uh, send us some ideas, questions, or talking points you would like us to discuss uh, at our Gmail account at ShotsAside at gmail.com. Uh, but before we get into the podcast breakdown with the Golden State Warriors, uh, there's some big news in the NBA right now. Uh, KD is officially going to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh Sean Marks just released, um, I believe on his Twitter, or just a, um, an address for uh, all Brooklyn Nets fans, or I guess all NBA fans in general, said Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sai and Clara Wu Sai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind, build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. So big news um, for the Brooklyn Nets. Great news for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, They're going to get back KD. It's looking like he's going to stay, you know, for at least this year and maybe for the future, so that's good. Uh, I also saw um, a video of KD and uh, Kyrie actually getting back in the gym, so... um, all things are pointing up for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, we thought earlier that, you know, maybe KD might get traded. Looks like there wasn't a lot of interest. Well, not I shouldn't say interest. There wasn't a lot of trade possibilities for KD to uh, go to another team, let alone for the Brooklyn Nets to possibly get somebody, you know, better be- or not better, but uh, somebody just back uh, that would actually make them feel good about the trade. So, um yeah, KD, big uh, big news for the NBA. Um, but with that being said, we are going to get into this uh, Golden State Warriors breakdown. Um, so this week, um, we're going to be dealing with the Pacific Division teams in the Western Conference. So that'll include the one today that you're going to listen to right now, which is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, followed by the Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Phoenix Suns, and Sacramento Kings. Um, but first up, we're going to go through just the roster of the Golden State Warriors right now. Um, you know, additions, they made some, some, some small moves where, you know, it could uh, benefit this team. I don't think it's going to benefit a whole lot, but uh, that will be for us to judge. Uh, so additions, they brought in Dante DiVincenzo from Sacramento. They got J. Michael Green in free agency, who was part of uh, Denver's roster last year. Uh, Mac McClung from the Lakers. I'm guessing he'll be more of a G League prospect, kind of like he's been for the past, you know, two to three years. Um, In the draft, they ended up getting Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, and Lester Quinones. So those are the additions for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Subtractions for the team. Tough one. You know, they lose Gary Payton the second to Portland. They lose Otto Porter to Toronto. Damian Lee goes to Phoenix. Juan Toscano. Anderson goes to the Lakers. Nemanja Bielica 
Chris Chioza and Andre Iguodala are all free agents, so you know you might see Andre Iguodala sign back up with that team um, here in the future. So looking at the overall roster aspect of things, starting lineups can be like it was last year, probably. Uh, I'm guessing Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kayvon Looney. Uh, bench is going to look something like for the point guards, Moses Moody, uh, Quindaria Weatherspoon, Mac McClung, and Kenyaius. Uh, guards, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo. Small forward position, Jonathan Kaminga and Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, power forward, J. Michael Green and Ryan Hollins. And then backup center is going to be James Wiseman with an opportunity for him to possibly start here in the future. But with that being said, let's get into the breakdown with the boys. Welcome back, guys. Um, got Matt and Manny joining me today, talking about the Golden State Warriors. How you doing, fellas? Doing good. Ready to talk some Warriors basketball. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's get it then. So the Warriors finished uh, third in the NBA uh, Western Conference last year, fifty-three and twenty-nine. Um, obviously, we all know at this point they're the defending champions. Um, the last time there was a team that won the championship and then uh, repeated the following year was this actual uh, same Warriors team back in 2018. I want to know from you guys, um, are they going to repeat this next year? Manny, let's start with you. You know, that, that's a that's a tough question. Uh, this Warriors team, I would say, overperformed expectations of what everyone else thought they did. But, they, you know, we're not surprised that they won. You still got Steph, still got Draymond. Um, Clay came back a little healthier. Wiggins performed better than expected. I think they have a chance. Um, that being said, I don't think it's as surefire as it was back in 2017, 18. You know, they had Kevin Durant at that time, um, who we know is, is a dog. So, uh, and, and with the competition in the Western Conference, the Clippers, the Suns, even in the East, you know, the Celtics put up a good match in the finals, the Bucks. Um, it's no sure thing. But this Warriors team definitely is in the running, uh, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I, I would have to agree that they have a good shot of repeating, especially if everybody can stay healthy. Um, and then some of the younger guys will probably be getting a few more minutes this year since um, some guys left in free agency. So like guys like Kaminga and Wiseman, if he's healthy, and then Moody might get a few more minutes this year. So if they can integrate well into the lineup, I think they definitely have a good shot of repeating. Um there's also a lot of competition, though, with other teams getting more healthy. So it'll be tough, but I think they definitely have, like, the tools and the firepower to do it. Yeah, personally, I just think, you know, last year's playoffs, they, I think they got a little lucky, you know, playing Denver first or second round where, you know, they were missing two of their star players. Um, I think they had a pretty easy road, actually, to – you know, the championship, they didn't have to play the Suns because they got knocked out early. So that really helped them um, a lot. But um, I think the West is just too tough this year. You know, you got teams like the Clippers who added John Wall and uh, great bench uh, unit for, for their team as well. So I, I just, I think it's it's too much to ask, at, at least right now, because we haven't seen how this Warriors team's going to look um, following this championship uh, win. So, uh, it'll be very interesting to see 
uh, if they can kind of repeat. Because, like Manny said, you know, they had KD last time this happened. So, and then before that, I think it was the Miami Heat won it in 2013 and 14. So, uh, you know, it's we're not, we don't have any more like super teams, I should say. So it's a it's a tall, tough, tough task to ask for for this team to actually repeat again. But I mean, to be fair, if anyone's can do it, it's probably the Warriors. It's probably oh, yeah. that Steph Curry. Um, you know, this team pretty much is unchanged. You know, the biggest loss they had was Gary Payton. Otto Porter played a decent role. But, you know, like Matt mentioned, you got some young guys kind of waiting in the wings. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, James Wiseman, back healthy, played pretty well in the summer league. And, you know, you still got Jordan Poole coming off the bench, you know. So, it, you know, for a title team to kind of go this unchanged relative to uh, the previous year, you know, I, I could see it. I could definitely see it happen. Are you confident in that answer, though? Yes. I would not be surprised if uh, the Warriors were holding up the Larry O'Brien Trophy in uh, June wow. twenty three. I wouldn't be surprised. You can't so if you had to bet, them. if you had to bet on the field or on the Warriors, you would bet on the Warriors. Or See when you pose you it, when you pose it that way, it's <laughs> a different question. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, I think I'd still take the field. I don't think there's any team that really stands out to me that they're a surefire lock for the championship. So I think I'm always going to take the field. But if there's one player I'm not going to count out, it's Steph Curry. No. Right. Yeah, finally got that finals MVP. Matt, <laughs> you want to talk about that finals MVP and how much it kind of means to Steph Curry? Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of got the monkey off his back there with getting the finals MVP. Um, I think a lot of that weight was hanging on his shoulders for quite a while, just from the media perspective. Um, from his perspective, I, you know, I don't really know that it really meant like that much aside from winning another championship like it was nice for him to win for like his in terms of his legacy but i think just winning the championship in general like and truly like creating a potential dynasty winning four out of the past eight years um while also having an elite team going into this year too i think really helps uh his legacy more than anything because at this point like even if he won another finals mvp i don't think it really does too much more for him besides like winning another championship. So I think it, it, it was nice for him, but I think uh, winning the championship is more important to him than being the finals MVP. Cause it, and that's kind of just the player that Seth is. He's been a selfless player his entire career, which is kind of why like teams have been able to work with him, like adding a superstar like KD, like KD, as we've seen in Brooklyn, hasn't been able to always, work adding a bunch of stars to one team whereas Steph makes it work all the time because he's so selfless yeah I couldn't have said it better I mean I think I think that's just who Steph is you know he's very selfless player I think every I mean probably even more than LeBron is because you know I think any any teammate that plays with Steph Curry just I mean I haven't heard anything negative come from any of his teammates ex-teammates so that just shows not only the player he is but the person he is yeah definitely and then even just like uh wiggins like integration into the warriors like he is he's looked better since being with the warriors obviously it helps having a really good team around you but <laughs> i think steph helps in that i mean i think it truly can be said that steph is one of those generational players that makes everyone around him better um but yeah i agree i don't really think this finals mvp does anything for his legacy 
quite frankly, I think he was already borderline top 10 player before this season. I think, I mean, this just puts anyone who had doubts, puts them to rest. You know, he is a top 10 player of all time. Um, he is that man all time three point shooter. He, he's a great player. Um, and yeah, he, he's just going to continue to elevate the talent around him and get the job done. Yeah, I think we have to keep in mind too that like it's a it's a media like voted award too like you know like it doesn't necessarily mean that like Iggy was the best player in their first finals yeah. like I think uh, Steph definitely could have deserved it there too I, so I don't really like think Finals MVP is just set in stone of like how good you were in that series I mean that obviously yeah. like helps your legacy a little bit but. I mean, it's voted on by the media, not the players in, on the team. Yeah, Matt, do you think he? You think Steph Curry is top ten all time? Personally, I uh, I don't. I yeah. put top top twenty, but I don't think he's top ten yet. Yet. What What is going to make him be top ten for you at this point? What more can Steph Curry do that would put him in top ten? Uh, I mean, probably just time, honestly, because like if he keeps doing what he's what he's doing right now, I just think. You know, maybe a couple more years without KD and stuff like that. I mean, man's been doing it for ten years. Man's didn't need KD. Yeah, I know, but he's he's had injuries and stuff that has you know hampered his year. And then you can't forget the year before they won the championship this year, where they didn't make the playoffs too. So he was hurt. He was hurt. Everyone hurt. Clay was hurt. He had Andrew Wiggins as his second best player, who, as we know, coming from Minnesota. Hey, man. Yeah. Believe me, say- I'm not a Steph Curry apologist, but i got to put some respect on the man's name. If he's not top 10, he's like right there at 12, 13 lowest for me. No, I get that. There's just a lot of great NBA players in this the history of the NBA. So it's it's tough for me to say like he's for sure a top 10 right now. Um, name, I'd name, have to go through. Th- I know name, that's name. the thing. That's that's the thing. I'd have to go through my list and, and kind of see. So like. <laughs> I mean, right now, I'd have to put LeBron, Michael Jordan, um, Kareem, Bill Russell, uh, Larry Bird. Um, sure. You could put Duncan on there. You could put Shaq. Yep. yep. You could argue Kobe personally. Kobe. I might take step over Kobe at this point. No disrespect to Mag- Kobe. You got to put Magic in there, too. Um, man, yeah, Magic's up there. That's nine. Yeah. Um, That's nine. There's, there's some. I mean, fine. If that's you want to put him at ten, that's you not. Him at, you might have to put him at ten. I, I'm not saying I'm, he's top five. I'm not saying is, that. See, things that, things that are tough for me are that like somebody like Bill Russell, like he was like a great player at his time, but like there was also like half the teams in the NBA at that time. So like, you know, like who hold, like what holds more weight, like these four championships or his eleven. And then also, like, just what Curry's done to, like, change the game in terms of, like, shooting threes and stuff like that. Like, I think that has to play a role into it as well. Yeah, I mean, you could debate you could debate that all day. I mean, hey, I'm not yeah. – I just you – could, You could say Bill Russell did more for the game during his era, though, for what he did. Oh, yeah. I mean, all I'm saying that's more. Did. You put Bill Russell up there, and Steph Curry still made it the number 10. That's all I'm saying. All right, put him in the top ten. Lock top 10, it in. French top ten. I, I think that man's goaded. Not goaded. Not goaded. Yeah, I, th- right. I think it, if he wins another championship, I feel like he's locked top ten. Like no debate. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. 
Uh, I want to get into, though, uh, now that we've kind of just gone over Steph Curry, <laughs> you know, a bunch right there, I kind of want to get into uh, just some of their additions that they had and the rookies that they brought in. Uh, I know Matt talked a little bit about um, um, just uh, the players that kind of need to step up, but we haven't really talked about, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, who's coming in from Sacramento, who's or, who's going to be a, a good addition to this team. And then J. Michael Green, you know, they really didn't have – a solid backup power forward at that position. So uh, I don't think he's going to bring too much, but uh, it still helps to have somebody like that in your rotation. Dante DiVincenzo definitely helps, uh, especially on the defensive end. I think he's kind of a feisty guard that can defend a little bit and he can shoot threes too. So he'll be kind of a nice uh, GP2 replacement a little bit for some of his minutes. Um, not perfectly though, because I think GP2 is one of the best defenders in the league on the perimeter. Um, in my opinion, at least. Um, and then Jermichael Green will help with some of those, like, uh, you know, like those power forward minutes that, like, Juan Toscano would give him at times, like, like deep in the regular season, kind of when they're fighting for guys that need minutes. But I don't see him, him having a huge role with this team. But I, I could see DiVincenzo having a decent role, maybe, like, 10 to 15 minutes a game or something like that, like, at times. But... I think it really it'll be more the young guys that step up. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, and even in, this, in a, this addition category, I'm gonna put James Wiseman up there. They won a championship like without their, they won a championship without their number two pick overall the year before. So, um, essentially, with him coming back healthy, I look at that as an addition as well. Um, Kevon Looney is a great, not great, but good for his role player in, in that system. Uh, James Wiseman potential um, potential role. To, potentially he could play for that team, uh, put, puts that ceiling at an even higher level. If he takes that step, that leap forward, you know, we saw a little bit in the summer league. He played pretty well. All he's got to do is kind of play that Andrew Wiggins type thing, do what they ask of him, do it well. And honestly, that's just another another facet of that team that we just can't account for. Uh, but, yeah, I like the Dante DiVincenzo ad, you know. You know, Gary Payton light um, kind of does similar things, definitely not as good, but, you know, still got that piece to, to fill in that role. Jermichael Green, serviceable player, nice backup in for, uh, for, uh, for Draymond. But uh, overall, yeah, like Matt said, it's going to be the young player stepping up. It's going to be Kaminga taking that next step. It's going to be Poole playing a little bit more under control and playing still as well as he did last year, though. It's going to be Wiseman coming back. It's going to be Moody taking a little step further. Um, but, yeah, their, their additions don't, don't really do a whole lot for me. I, I think they're, you know, net even probably for additions and subtractions this year if you're not counting Wiseman. If you are counting Wiseman, I say a little bit of a plus yeah i think you'd have to count in wiseman just to make it a plus though because i mean i'm not big on their additions you know dante divincenzo we talked about him but you know i i really don't see any kind of role for him on this team you know clay's gonna start play 25 30 a game jordan pools coming off the bench for him he's gonna play close to that same so where do you find minutes for Dante DiVincenzo unless you're playing small ball and, you know, you're having Kaminga at the four or something where DiVincenzo can pop in as the three or something. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see a role in for him. And then J. Michael Green, um, yeah, maybe, maybe five, 10 minutes a game, but I'm not really looking. And then rookies as well. I mean, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., they're what, first round rookie? probably won't get a lot of time same with ryan hall or ryan hollins um 
but yeah, the, like Manny said, I think the I think we all agree on, um, you know, Wiseman's going to be this big, the biggest addition for this team uh, going into next year. Uh, I still think it's big though losing Gary Payton and Otto Porter though, and then possibly I mean. I know Andre Iguodala is not a huge loss on the court, but in the locker room, I think he'd be a huge loss if they can't uh, get him back on the roster as well. I don't know. Is, is Iggy, uh, is he just a free agent? Did he retire or is he going to coaching now? says he's still a free agent, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I feel like he's the type of guy that, you know, feels like Udonis has, has some role for this team and, even if they don't bring him back as a player, they definitely probably have him back as like some kind of bench presence or coach or something. I, I could see it. Yeah. 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 What? <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree with like the, you know, like his veteran like leadership role. But I mean, really, when he was on the court, he wasn't doing like too much this year at all. Um, but I definitely agree with the Wiseman take. I think. You know, some some people forget that like the Wiseman averaged eleven and five his rookie year with and only twenty minutes a game, which is pretty good for the most part. I mean, at times he kind of looked like a chicken with his head cut off out there, like as most rookies do at times, like making bad passes and stuff like that, and not knowing where to be. Because uh, the Warriors definitely run one of the toughest offensive systems in the league, and that takes some getting used to, but. One thing I, I really like about Wiseman is that he put on some definite, some muscle and some uh, weight to him this offseason, which I think he really needed so that he can be more of an enforcer down low because his rookie year he was kind of getting pushed around a little bit at times, and I think this will help him out. And he, he's a really good shot blocker too, so I think that will help them, especially against teams like uh, the Grizzlies in the playoffs with uh, like somebody like John McGrant. Morant going head steam down the lane. Um, Looney Looney's uh, good at, at like setting screens and stuff like that, but he's not the best paint defender. I mean, I think the main thing for this team though is kind of just staying healthy because I think they kind of struggled early on to kind of get things rolling, and then once they kind of got healthy with you know Clay finally looking like himself a little bit closer towards playoffs. Um, it's good. It's really going to help having Wiseman back too. And if he can stay healthy and give him or this team, any sort of, you know, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, any type of minutes where it's positive for this team. Cause I mean, I'm looking at this division. I mean, they took second to the Suns. We saw what happened to the Suns. What do you guys think is, I'm going to start with Manny. What do you think this team's going to take uh, division wise next year out of these five teams? You know, I, I still think they're looking at second, third, maybe like you said, like you know, we're gonna talk about the Clippers later this week. And honestly, I'm a big fan of the Clippers this year, so it's hard for me to say that the Warriors are gonna be better than that Clippers team. The Suns, they're essentially running it back with the same team as well, um, but it's the Warriors. I honestly, I don't really know. I, I can't put a number on it. They'll make the playoffs. They'll be a top four seed probably. They're finishing the division. Probably doesn't matter all that much. I don't, I don't know. That's my answer. It's but don't you have them winning the championship? I, I said I could see it. I, just like okay, I could also okay, see okay. the Clippers winning the championship, and I could see this. Actually, I don't see the Suns winning the championship. They're they're regular season team. But uh, I mean, like overall, they don't need it. They they won the championship while finishing second. You know, so regular season, they just gotta get to the playoffs. We'll turn it on then. Yeah, Matt. 
Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think uh, I could see them finishing behind the Clippers and the Suns in the regular season, especially the Clippers are a super, super deep team that I think can be a good regular season team. Um, and then we saw how good the Suns can be in the regular season this year too. Um, also, like being the champs, like the Warriors are going to have a target on their back every time somebody plays them. So I think teams will get up for games against them. So I think I could see them finishing third in the division, but I, I definitely still like their chances to repeat too. I think, I mean, even uh, with like the days with KD, I think like it, they're kind of always built for the playoffs. Like it's fine to lose after that 73 win get season where they ended up choking the finals. I think they've kind of learned that like the regular season isn't the playoffs. It's okay to rest guys. It's okay to, you know, like figure out different rotations and wait till the playoffs to really turn it on. So I, th- I think that's kind of what they'll keep on doing. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see this team beat better than the Suns this next year. I think the Suns just I, – I feel like it was a huge collapse for them last year, and I think it's going to not only take a hit on their regular season um, record, but also kind of their team chemistry. I think it's going to fall off a little bit. Um, even with them bringing back DeAndre Aiden, I, you know – it's it's not looking good if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, and they didn't really bring in anybody new to this team. So uh, I'd probably put Golden State at uh, number two, just because I think um, Clippers have a really good chance, and they're probably my betting favorite to probably win the championship this year. I don't disagree with that, but you know we're talking about the Warriors here, and I get that. you know wouldn't be surprised if if they finish as number one seed. In, uh, in their division, wouldn't be surprised. Number two seed, wouldn't be surprised. Number three seed, wouldn't be surprised. Because quite frankly, like Matt said, it doesn't matter to the Warriors. They're going to be in the playoffs. And once they're in the playoffs, Steph Curry turns into a different man. Draymond becomes, you know, that, that triple-double threat every night. Apparently, Andrew Wiggins wants to go ahead and compete for a finals MVP at that point. You know, so uh, <laughs> this this isn't a regular season team. This, this is a team that I'll get to the playoffs, and then you'll see what I really got then. Uh, so. Yeah. No, well said. Well said. I, I just, <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard with the Andrew Wiggins finals hey MVP thing. Hey that, I, that was too much. You know what? If Andre Iguodala could win the finals MVP in 2015 over Seth, no one could have been surprised completely if someone said Andrew Wiggins would have won this year. It would have been upsetting, but again, it's kind of like it's happened in the past to the man. You know, when you got a guy playing better than people expect him to play, like we said, it's a media vote, not a player's vote. He played well. He played well in the finals, though. I will go. Awesome. Not better yeah. than. I think if if Steph didn't have that monster game in Boston, it would have been really, really close for Finals MVP. Like based off like the That's, media. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Possibly. Yeah. I don't love it either. I don't love it. Yeah, either. I'm not. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. Okay. He played well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. He did play well, but we also got to take in count. I don't know if you guys heard. Jason Tatum came out and said that he had a he tore something in his shoulder or whatever. Man, so man, every time a player loses, they they what? were injured with thing, and they want to tell us after they lose that something was hurting. Do I believe just... Jason Tatum was I'm Jason. Being honest. Was, was Jason Tatum on the court? He was. Exactly. He was. Exactly. Yeah, so he's he, so he playing. He was playing. Playing, so yeah. do not discredit Andrew Wiggins. The man finally realized that he can get rebounds and he, he's good at it. Remember that quote that he had? 
He's like, as soon as I saw I these, I could get the rebounds. I, I just wanted to get every single one of them. You know? As a T-Wolves fan, that should make me sad. Yeah. And it, Andrew Wiggins said, Boardman gets paid. <laughs> Boardman, Boardman, yeah, that's me. I want to see how he does against uh, Kawhi Leonard, though, when he comes back. I think that'd be uh, that'd be a good matchup. You know, yeah, he, we all know Kawhi went to that matchup. Oh, he would, he would probably guard Paul George and Draymond would guard Kawhi. You think? I think so. I think it's interchangeable. I, I mean, mean anyway, it, it's not going to go. Yeah. Who's Clay? Who's Clay guarding then? John. John Wall. Then who's Steph guarding? Whoever their two guard is. Well, no, that'd be Paul George, right? Or unless, unless you want to. I mean, it depends throw... on what lineup they do. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they usually hide Steph in the corner so that he can pick off passes. Yeah, I think I'd still have Steph Curry on John Wall, though. I think Steph played really good defense in the playoffs this year. I think that was one of his most underrated um, aspects of his game that you know we haven't seen in a long time. You know, because, I mean, we always pointed out that's maybe one of the things that was kind of holding me back from putting him in the top 10 for all these years was, you know, great score, you know, change the game from the three-point arc. Um, every little kid wants to shoot like Steph. I get it. I totally get it. But the one thing that we always brought up was, you know, his defense is lacking. You know, can he guard some of these better guards in the NBA, especially when KD isn't there for them to win? Uh, more championships in the future. And I think he really stepped up this year, especially in the finals. You know, we saw him guarding players like um, not only Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and some of these good, good players on Boston. Um, And I I think he really showed off. Um, And, um, you know, we saw, we saw the best of Steph, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that the defense narrative is kind of a overblown a little bit. I mean, Steph's always been a great off-ball defender and gets in passing lanes, and now that he's added more weight to and he's stronger, he can hold his own with uh, some of the bigger guards that he wasn't able to before, but I mean, he's obviously not an elite defender, but I think considering his offensive prowess, I think his defense holds up just fine. Is he he on that TB12 diet? Is he? Is he? I don't know. He's just bulking up. He's on the Giannis diet. Giannis <laughs> diet. <laughs> That's good. So, what do you what are you guys hoping out of these this young squad though? Like, so I'm talking about Jordan Poole. I'm talking about Moses Moody. I'm talking about Jonathan Kaminga. I'm talking about James Wiseman. Those key four players. What are you guys hoping from them this next year? Because those are the four key factors besides you know their main starters on this squad. Yeah, I mean, we we start off first with the most talented guy probably in that in that lineup that you listed, Jordan Poole. Uh, my expectation for him probably is to give Steve Kerr a reason to bench Clay Thompson. You know, we all love Clay; he is a fantastic player. Wow. Um, after the injuries, though, we it may be time to kind of admit that starting Clay over Jordan may not always be the best answer. And so, I, I want I want uh, Jordan Poole to give Steve Kerr a reason to definitively do. It. I'm not saying that Jordan Poole deserves it right now. Um, and that's also not saying, you know, with Clay with a full offseason healthy, that he can't return back to that form that he was before. But you got to admit that you got a special talent in Jordan Poole behind him. And you got to find reasons to give him minutes, whether that's – you saw how he was playing when he was taking over for stuff at the very beginning of the playoffs. Um, so so that's my expectation for Jordan Poole. Go out there, play your heart out, give give Steve Kerr a reason to, to start you, whether that be over Clay, 
for for other reasons. Kaminga, I expect to kind of be that backup three four forward role. Um, you know, high energy player off the bench, not necessarily running the offense through at any point. Um, Wiseman, I expect to supplant Looney in the starting lineup and kind of just be you know get the rebounds, get the blocks, play good post defense, uh, be a presence in the lane. And uh, Moody, I don't really expect much of Moody. Uh, I think he'll get minutes here and there. But like as we mentioned, there's at least probably seven guys on this lineup who I would prefer to see get the ball or get a touch before um, Moody's you know getting his buckets. So, uh, but but quite frankly, he has a talent to kind of uh, ascend if if, if uh, the Warriors need him. Now, what do you think? Yeah, um, definitely don't necessarily agree with the Jordan Poole one. I mean, I think he's super talented. I I just think Clay is like night and day better at defense than uh, Jordan Poole is. Like they, every time he was on the court, they targeted him on defense. Um, And I get it. That's why I said, hey, give Steve Kerr a reason to. I said Clay's still starting. I said Jordan Poole. I want I want to give Steve Kerr a reason to. No, yeah, I understand. I think I think if if he does like step it up even just a little bit on the defensive end, like that could be a reason too. Um, yeah. But he definitely needs to do that. And I think uh, Moses Moody actually he's he's interesting because he actually is really good good defender. Um, he's definitely a little bit inconsistent on the offense right now, but I mean that'll come with experience. I think um, it's tough to find minutes for guards on this team just because like. There's two elite guards that are starting, and then there's Jordan Poole off the bench who would start on most NBA teams, if not every other one. Um, but I think guys like Kaminga and Wiseman are probably going to have to step up the most. I think uh, especially Kaminga because, um, you know, Otto Porter actually did play like a, quite a pivotal role for this team at times, uh, especially when they needed like an extra rebounder um, because he had – the size to be able to do it and Wiggins wasn't rebounding that way the entire season. So Otto Porter stepped up at times to, to rebound for them. Um, especially even when Draymond was out. Um, so I think Kaminga stepping up, he, who is a great rebounder and he's extremely athletic. So I think he could definitely, um, see a big leap here. I think Kaminga's biggest thing is that like, he is all over the board. Uh, he's also like super young still, so I understand it. Um, but you you never know what you're gonna get from Kaminga. Sometimes he looks like an absolute like superstar in the making, and other times he just looks wild playing out there. Um, so I hope he can be a little bit more consistent this year. But I think with getting more minutes, he could do that. But what do you guys think about Kaminga? Yeah, I know. I mean, Winhorst had a little. Uh, I think he had a tweet that came out today. Said that he was concerned with uh, with Kaminga's. I don't know if it was with his play or I think it was more of uh, off the court stuff. So um, I I kind of want to read deeper into that and see what he actually meant by it because that might give us a little bit more insight on maybe he's not um, training the best or or training at all. I guess. Um, or it could mean that um, it's more off the court. So uh, that's something we might have to keep an eye out for. Uh, Manny, what did you uh, think about Kaminga? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree a lot with what Matt said. Uh, the consistency was the biggest issue because, quite frankly, there were times where it's like this guy should have been drafted before seventh overall. Um, 
you know, the next great warrior once Steph, Clay, and Draymond retire. And other times it's kind of just like, you can't play this man. Um, and, and so kind of like, yeah, on top of the high energy stuff I was saying, Matt made a really good point. Consistency is, is something that you really need. And, and if the off, you know, the off the court issues with the Brad Horse tweet uh, turn out to be true, uh, it, it's not looking good for him being more consistent this season. I mean, I don't want to say that off the court issues lead into kind of how he plays on the court, but generally you'd say guys who are a little bit more sound headed off the court tend to kind of step up the next season. Guys with a little bit more distraction. We've seen James Harden the past couple off seasons tend to maybe have their play drop off a little bit. With Kaminga, the biggest thing right now is you need to give him a reason to play consistent minutes here, night in and night out. And with Otto Porter being out, he really is that backup four behind Andrew Wiggins and Draymond. So uh, a little bit disheartening to see um, if if these do turn out to be off the court issues that he's kind of having. Um, but you know, that's a that's a locker room with a good head on his shoulders. There's a lot of veteran leadership there throughout the entire organization. Um, and so I don't, I don't really see this being a large problem in like the long run. You know, he is young. He's 20. We were all 20 at one point, and we all you know, do tough things. And uh, I don't know what is being done, but um, yeah, just consistency and just kind of keeping his head on the shoulders are probably the two big things too. Yeah. And if things get a little bit more serious too, where, you know, maybe they might have to trade Jonathan Kaminga too, which would be kind of tough to see him go. Cause um, like you guys said, like he has those stretches where like, he looks amazing out there. Like um, there's times where like his three point shot looks really good. And then sometimes it doesn't. But uh, same with defense. Sometimes he plays great defense. And then other times you're like, where the heck is he? Like, how come he can't guard some of these uh, lower level NBA players on, on most days? Um, but, you know, I want to look at where could we possibly see uh, Jonathan Kamika possibly getting traded uh, if it comes to push to shove? Matt? Um. You know, I, I really don't see him getting traded, but if uh, if he did happen to get traded, um, I uh, he would have to be part of a trade, different trade too, because I don't think they would just trade him to trade him. He, they'd probably trade him to dump somebody like Wiggins or maybe Draymond in the future. But um, so I guess probably it would be to a contender. I guess if they're getting one of those guys, maybe, but. I don't. I I just can't picture him in any other uniform right now, just because I I don't think he's like on the trade block even. Yeah. Do you think the Warriors would try to get somebody that's around like Steph and Clay's like time frame, or do you think they would try to get another like younger player around the age of Jonathan Kaminga? You know, I I think. Uh what they have going right now is honestly like pretty good. Like the mix of young and like uh, veteran guys, like I think it's like kind of like working like seamlessly. Whereas like as soon as like Steph clay and Draymond start to get where they're deteriorating, um, which like clay and Draymond kind of are like starting to like more so than Steph. Um, the other guys are starting to get better and kind of like fulfilling bigger roles on the team than previously. So I, you know, it's tough to really say, like, who would fit there, but um, i probably just keep everything as is. I, I think, like, um, I think it was his name, Bob Myers and uh, Joe Lakeup, I think they've done just a fantastic job yeah. building this roster all around. Even fleeced the Timberwolves out of Jonathan Kaminga in that trade, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but before we kind of head out on this podcast though episode, though, uh, I just want to get your guys' quick take on uh, – we'll start with Manny, but just your guys' quick take, what you guys hope 
to see out of this Warriors team and, and what you're really looking forward to? I mean, with this Warriors team, I, I hope to see at the return of a healthy Clay Thompson. Uh, it was unfortunate to kind of watch him struggle a little bit to get back to season form. And again, he played a little better in, towards the end of the season than the playoffs. But I hope to see a more consistent kind of that guy that we used to see before um, the injuries, you know, the three-point sniper, the, the great defender, the consistency. Um, I hope to see Andrew Wiggins, you know, continue with his uh, his mild descendants that he's had, uh, continue to be play that role for the Warriors. And uh, ultimately, I hope to see these young guys step up a little bit more. I hope to see Wiseman play a little better. I hope Kamenga is more consistent. I hope Poole plays better on defense. And, and, and ultimately, I hope to see this Warriors team be healthy and competitive come playoff time because the NBA playoffs are good when the Warriors are around. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. You know, I missed having them the past couple off seasons. I missed, you know, having Steph and hearing uh, Mike Breen yell bang after that. You know, you need it. So I'm hoping for a healthy Warriors season that leads them in the playoffs, and I'm hoping for a good playoff run where they're putting up a good fight night in and night out. Yeah, I agree. I kind of think of the same thing. It'd be nice to have them all healthy and kind of be really good to see, like, some of the young guys take a, a couple – leaps just since there will be more minutes available but um yeah it'd be cool to see them actually play like you know like a healthy nuggets team in the playoffs i think that'd be like a really good series between those two teams um especially because all the nuggets fans were whining about how murray and porter were out so it'd kind of be nice to have the warriors shut them up and show them that they're still better even with their full squads (laughs) yeah that'd be nice yeah i think for me um going forward i think it's main i mean main thing is health right and then i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing james wiseman play i mean it's feels like we haven't seen him play so getting him out there and maybe he turns out to be their starting center going forward would be really cool to see um i'm also looking forward to possibly stephen curry winning mvp again because if he does that then for sure he's in my top 10 I'll, i'll lock it in top 10 but um, I think with this team, the, no, good. You're not the only unanimous MVP of all time, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, mean, I, I hate that. I hate that stat, but like you know, he, he is the only one that has that claim. It's, Man, it's gotta count for about, something. I don't care about that claim. MVP is an MVP, no matter what. If it's unanimous, unanimous or you win, yeah. If you win by one vote, it's the same thing. I don't really look. I don't look uh, too into that. So, so would you say that either of Jokic's MVPs the last two years are, are on par with any of the MVPs that Steph has won? Mm. You don't look at them. You <laughs> no, that's, look, not what we're, that's not what we're debating, though. Well, well you said that, I'm you know, I'm just saying Steph, MVP's an MVP. If we if wanted to... do you, Matt, how do you feel about Steph winning another MVP if that really does anything to his legacy? I, I don't think it does anything. I think winning uh, MVP unanimously when your team wins 73 games does more than any other MVP could do. Personally. Even Shaq didn't win a unanimous MVP. LeBron didn't win a unanimous MVP. And granted, like, yes, it's a media vote, whatever. But you got however many people to all say that Steph Curry was the most dominant player in that league that year. I don't, but I, I'm putting on the table, like, he wins MVP and they win another ring. Then he's top ten for me. That's what I would I would say. That's an incredible year for Steph hey, you know Curry what? and the Warriors. Again, on Kobe's birthday, I hate to do this. Kobe only won one MVP. I get it, I get it, but you. 
I mean, you can't look just... I, I hate to do this. I hate to slander hey. Kobe on this man's birthday. But, like, it's the argument I got to use here. Stuff's already won double the MVPs, and one of them is unanimous. But you just said it's a media thing. So, I mean, you can't look strictly at MVPs. No, that, that's, so, why I, that's why I don't think MVPs matter that much. Like, it, it don't matter. Helps, exactly. That's why it helps it's not going to make a difference. No. Yeah, I'm just saying on top song. of... I'm saying on top of the ring that he'll get next year, an MVP would just be an extra little cherry to the to the cake. I think that would that would just top yeah. it off. The, the ring Did means the most, though. No, of course it does. Of course it does. But I think for this team, like, you know, when you're losing two key players like Gary Payton and Otto Porter, bringing in really nothing, and then um, I just want to see this team kind of compete with the Clippers and some of these teams in the West that are getting a lot more healthier. And if they can do that, if they can get back to the finals, at least I think that's a win in my books, but um, that's going to include it, conclude it here for this uh, golden state warriors breakdown uh, Pacific Pacific division. Uh, we have the Clippers coming up next. we got the Lakers coming up uh, after that, followed by the Suns and Kings. Um, it was great having you guys on the show though. Oh, man. Always a pleasure being yes. here. Thanks for the invite. Fun time. Yeah, sure. For sure. Make sure to follow us and like us. Um, also, make sure to uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Shots Aside. Uh, send us some talking points or uh, um, maybe some life ad- advice in the future we could possibly do as well. That'd be fun. Um, make sure to send it to our uh, Gmail account at shotside at gmail.com. With that being said, peace out, guys. Peace. Peace.